0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Spoiler Alert, a weekly talk radio show for movie and television lovers. As always, please be aware of spoilers, otherwise you may find out that Lonnie is secretly pregnant. (gasps) We are, of course, going to discuss The White Lotus, which is a six-part miniseries on HBO, written and directed by Mike White. But I cannot do it alone. I am also joined by drowsy heiress Sonia Stanger. Uh, Hello! (laughs) And manic Australian bellhop Jeremy LeGouy. Well, Crikey. Crikey, Sean. (laughs) Hi, guys. Was he
1: Australian or was he Kiwi?
0: Well, I don't believe he was a fruit, Sonia.
1: (laughs) I think he was. I think that
0: was quite clear. No, you're right. You know, he may have been New Zealand. I don't know.
1: I'm sorry that I just jumped on you like that.
0: You really, I, (laughs) you exposed my lack of uh, accent knowing. R and R. So, yeah, it could have been, you know what, maybe he could have been from there too. Um, But uh, you did see him Come back to the U.S.
1: Mm-hmm. in the end.
0: Mm-hmm. I was that curious about big that. spoiler alert. Um, anyway, you guys, let's get into the White Lotus. Yeah. Um, how familiar with are you with uh, Mike White's work? Because I was not really, even though he's been around the blog. I, you go, Sonia. Okay.
1: You talk. You talk. You talk. <laughs> it's like being on Zoom again. <laughs> yep. Um. Not same same as you. The only thing I was really familiar with was School of Rock, mm-hmm. and then after looking at his IMDb page, uh, I learned that in fact he also wrote uh, Orange County mm-hmm. of the early two thousands, also with Jack Black in it. So he,
0: Jack Black, is a bit of a muse for yeah, him. Clearly, <laughs> he is also. He Where also, was Jack?
1: Where was Jack?
0: He also wrote. Um, Nacho Libre, I think. Oh, did mm-hmm. he? Yeah. I didn't see that on the... So, yeah, West. we consider...
1: Nacho. We consider Nacho. Jack
0: Black and Muse in the Mike White House. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> Black and White. Oh! No. oh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we were really proud of that one. We just needed to let it marinate for a second. Anyway, so yeah, so that's, that's all I know of his oeuvre.
2: Yeah. Um, what about you, Jeremy? Um, definitely, like, I think School of Rock is the main... Mm-hmm. the main one his name pops up and he pops up as an actor
1: mm-hmm. in weird yeah. spots
2: too um like and uh, also randomly as reality show contestant yeah and like i think you yeah. i think he played like sort of the uncle rico character in gentleman broncos uh which is a thing no one's ever said before but me yeah. um which is fine but uh i always found Everything he did really char like really charming, mm-hmm. like you know, and I think a lot of people think school of rock is
1: oh yeah really,
2: really great, like
1: comfort movie for the ages. absolutely,
2: yeah, um,
0: anyway, wow. yeah, he also wrote on Freaks and geeks, yeah, um, yeah I saw that. and uh, a show called Enlightened, which I had never heard of before, but apparently it was. People love it, but it was canceled after, like, two seasons because nobody knew about it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But it's Laura Dern as a... I'm already on board. A woman who, like, has a meltdown at work and then goes to a retreat for, like, and then comes back because she's enlightened and tries to (laughs) fix all of her sort of past mistakes. And it seems kind of dark and crazy and perfect with Dern in it mm. Mm. anyway I'm into seeing it especially after this I think there's a lot of similar themes yeah, yeah. Um, so I maybe I sh- we should talk about what the series is about um, it is about a group of three sort of groups of people mm-hmm. rich white people on yeah. vacation mm-hmm. in Hawaii um, and also sort of uh, how they treat the people that work with them and how they interact with each other. It's a pretty small cast. It was filmed over COVID.
1: Mm-hmm. So
2: mm-hmm. Small compared to Game of Thrones.
1: <laughs> yes. But
2: yes. large compared to Big Bang Theory. L- well, yeah, right. Large <laughs> compared to a one-man show.
1: It's an show. ensemble cast, yeah. but still.
0: <laughs> yes, and there is an ensemble cast. There Absolutely. Is, we got Jennifer Coolidge. We got Connie Britton. We got Steve Zahn. Um Natasha Rothwell, there's a lot of, like, uh, big names in here.
1: <laughs> Someone's just getting a call. <laughs> there's, there's a
2: mysterious phone call happening. But it's none of us. We're, it's none of us. Okay.
0: That well, is, that is anyways. Sorry. <laughs> the
2: we will... listeners
1: probably can't even hear oh, it. Probably not. Hopefully.
0: Anyway. Um, but do you guys think the series uh, lampooned white people as much as it sort of thought it did, if you know what I mean? Uh, I...
2: Rich white people, yeah, for sure, yeah. Um, I think so, because it is this really incredibly strange alternate universe of people who just don't seem to care. And, like, there's this whole thing about them never exchanging money, right? Like, they go and they order a drink, and there's no purchase. There's no transfer of wealth to receive that thing. So it's either going to the room or it's included in the horrible rate that they paid to go do this thing. But um, – it is sort of this, like, really weird lens into these types of people where, you know, we experience a crisis that's maybe not a crisis. And then
1: maybe not. You know,
2: yeah. well, well, okay, well, we can get into it. So Steve Zahn is concerned that his, he has something wrong with his testicle. Yes, yes. He, This is his from yeah. the beginning. Here, um, so. And by the way, can I, like let's just put a quick aside in here. I think we're ready for the male nudity. I don't mm-hmm. think we need to dance around this whole thing anymore. And dance we did. We got, we got um, full testicle shots, uh, but those were fake. Those were they were, were, they were yeah, fake. They were yeah yeah. They were deep because, in the uncanny valley. Yeah, he was. <laughs> he was nervous
0: about the size of his testes and mm-hmm. um, asked his wife to look at them. Right,
2: and we get a very good medium shot of them. <laughs> yes, we do. Yes, uh, and so we see, you know, we see everything. Anyway, world, I think we're just ready to be okay with that. Yeah. it was a very non-sexual scene. Like it, there was nothing. It was uh, even you know more medical than not. Anyway, it was quite clinical. Yes. yes,
1: especially in a show where. Big spoiler alert. Mm-hmm. You do literally see, how do I put this,
2: um, poop- excrement
1: come out of someone's body. <laughs> you
2: see someone do a poopy. Yeah, side <laughs> shot, a side shot. But it was, I had to look it up. It was digitally done.
1: Well, okay, yeah. that's good. Which is, well, it, I it was, don't
2: know how, it was so impressive. a tube up the leg? Or- <laughs> it was so impressive I had to look. Because you know that there's some guys who are just going to be like, you know what? I can just do it. Yeah. I can just, yeah. I can just you know. And uh, anyway. I don't know if we're ready for that Gonzo no, acting. But uh, spoiler alert, Steve on learns that everything is fine down there. And he kind of has a day of wonderment and new, happiness. New lease on life. Yeah. Yeah. And then that is promptly ended by him getting some news that I get would be pretty devastating. But, I mean, I don't know that it would have that kind of effect on a normal person. Mm. And... That's kind of what he does. Like, he's in the existential crisis zone. He's me. always yeah. in crisis. Basically. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Anyway, it's just like a 20-hour a problem each time for mm-hmm. Steve. So, you know, maybe, maybe that's the way rich people live. I don't know. I'd be okay with 20-hour crises. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, especially when you can just sort of make a lot of them go away with money, although not the existential ones. Yeah. Here's the thing. Mm-hmm the the longer it's been since i have seen this show so like since i finished and the more i think about it the less i think it actually was effective in its satire of whiteness and richness mm-hmm. yeah. so here's my thing is like even though it was satirizing rich white people in this way that i think you know several shows have done very mm-hmm. successfully it still centers them and it still like Even in its criticism of sort of the colonial, imperial like dynamics of rich white people coming to a colonized place, having their beautiful vacation there, sort of escaping the world Mm -hmm. um, at the expense of the people who are actually from there, um, it still sidelines all of the characters of color. It doesn't focus on their feelings Mm -hmm. thoughts problems except sort of in convenient ways for the plot um so i think it becomes this problem of like it's claiming to do this like great critical thing and it's like oh this woke this woke thing Mm -hmm. but then ultimately it's just reinforcing and repeating the same structures of power that it's supposedly commenting on and this like this actually was even doubled down for me in reading this vulture interview with Mike White um, that gets so meta um that's called uh right? it's <laughs> Mike like, White Accepts, accepts, your, accepts criticism. your Criticism. Yeah. And it's really just him like sort of being like, Oh, but 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 I am a white guy and, and I can't help that. So what am I supposed to do other than tell stories from that perspective? Like he says, um, if I took so sort of like in in talking about like Um, the idea that white people shouldn't be necessarily, like, making these stories by themselves. Mm -hmm. He says, if I took that assumption to its fullest, it would make it so that I shouldn't even be creating anything anymore. It's a deep criticism of who's getting what stories made, which is a completely valid conversation. Great. Thank you so much. (laughs) But obviously, it would threaten me in some way because this is all I can do. I don't know how to be a general manager of a hotel. And then later he says, am I bad because of the things I can't control? And it's, like, it's not it's not because of the things you can't control. Like, you don't need to feel guilty for being a white man. Um, that's not productive for anyone. But it's what you do in having that power and in the choices that you make. And so, like, why would it have been so difficult to, like, get some Native Hawaiians and a more diverse writing staff and not just ha- tell it yourself? Because – you have to acknowledge that, like, you have a limited perspective based on the life experience that you have.
2: Mm-hmm. See, and that's – well, I, I do want to interrupt. Yeah, no, yeah. go ahead. See, that's why I thought he was – I was going to – I didn't know I got to read this article. I thought he was being really clever with – because I cannot remember the character's name. But early on, there is a woman working at the hotel. Right. And she seems like she will be a relevant part of the narrative. Mm-hmm. And then she just goes away. And I thought that that was really clever because it does sort of like – Push the ever-present whiteness in your face, just like how and people, like force yeah. you to like, you know, accept the fact that like, what good or bad these people are the narrative, mm. and I think that's a really critical take on what we're doing because there's a lot more interesting things that we just don't see, you know, like you know mm. yeah. So I guess no, like, but now from that interview, I guess he just got lucky. Well, yeah. no, he did. Like
1: he he says that same thing. Like I think mm-hmm. that was his intention, but I think it's easy to maybe ignore the way in which that's kind of still a like repetition of the same mm-hmm. violence and erasure. And just because it's effective narratively, I don't know, like does that still make it worthwhile? Well, like it's kind of a, that balance. No, I did, I think. but I did
2: think it was a very con- I thought that it was a conscious choice yeah. of like this is the storyline you want to follow. But we're gonna keep with these honestly, people. You kind of just hate, uh-huh. ultimately, yeah. right? But um, come on, Mike. Yeah, there's like
0: I, that's kind of my next question is like the amount of disappearing characters uh, and like like Lonnie. She it is she is a huge part of the first episode, and then you never see her again. Mm-hmm. And um, and then there's also a character like Kai, yeah. who also has a big role later, and he just all of his things are just wrapped up off screen as well. Yeah. And it's very like, you know, I guess you could look at it as him making the uh, choice to be like, um, you know, people of color storylines are like, you know, we don't need to know the end of it and maybe it Mm -hmm. was a comment. But also it's kind of like, it would have been better if we just saw what had happened. Yeah. Mm
1: -hmm. Or like
0: had more, but.
1: Especially because there was stuff in the show that I feel like, didn't contribute that much and like even the whole i i don't know i get mm-hmm. the storyline with jennifer coolidge's affair that she has and sort of like that showing where she's at but there's so there were so many things that happened in the last few episodes that i was like this isn't I, this doesn't feel necessary this doesn't really feel like it's adding a lot and so i don't know i i get i get that it's a conscious choice but i still think it's a problem because the show does, I think, still do a lot of exploring the complexity and humanity of those white characters and still gives them a lot of that sympathy and empathy in a way that it doesn't give to anyone else. So it's like even though it's criticizing them, mm-hmm. it is still very much focused on them, and they're the only ones who get to be these fully fleshed characters. See,
2: But, but that's the – well, you're kind of rocking my world here, Sonia, because like, walking in here, I thought that – like. A conversation with the two younger girls of the one family mm. and the newlywed, whose name I can't remember. Oh yeah, like I thought it Rachel. was. Re- yeah, I thought it was really boring, and I thought that that was a comment on because at the time I really wanted to know what happened with this pregnancy because mm. that's the interesting thing, right? And then we find out that what's the manager's name? Ar- Armand. 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 Um, we find out that he's actually the one we're going to kind of stick with. And I didn't know. Like, you know, I just didn't. So I thought, like, oh, it's an interesting sort of way they're sort of casting these people aside and, like, really giving them the beefy, right? Like, I would have loved to see what happened to Kai. Mm-hmm. And I actually was surprised that we didn't. You know, we just see her reaction to it as she literally throws away She's like, the one Lionic. gift from him in the ocean. Mm-hmm. And then that's, like, the end of his story. But um, now it just sounds like... I made that all up in my mind. No,
1: I don't think you did. Like, I think that was the goal. Like, I do think Mm -hmm. that that's what he was trying to do, and he really thought he did something in doing that. Mm. But I think, A, that's something that's been done many times. Like, I don't know that, you know, anyone's really taking something away from, you know, a show focused on terrible rich white Mm -hmm. people. Like, you know, we've seen that. Yeah. Um, And so I think it just is like, it, yeah, it gets the credit of, like, ooh, look at how mm-hmm. he's self-aware. But it's, like, and then what? And mm-hmm. then what is it doing? Right. I think that's my thing, kind of, is, like...
0: And, yeah, there is a part where um, Connie Britton is, like, talking to her daughters. And she's, like, life is really hard for Quinn, who's, like, their, like, <laughs> yeah. teen son. And she's, like, "Like straight white men are, like, really at a crossroads right now. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then they're, like, they, like, roast her so hard because they're such, so, like... Gen Z, like, um, unaffected, like, girls. And they're just like, good news, Mom. I looked all around the, uni- the <laughs> resort and I see that white men are, like, doing fine. And she, Connie Britton's like, whatever. But, yeah.
1: Yeah, well, and that's – I think the thing is, like, throughout the show, I was like, okay, we're commenting on that. Like, the show is kind of self-aware about some of this stuff. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, when Steve Zahn says – well, what am I supposed to do? Give away all my money? Which, like, first of all, kind of, yeah, is what I would Mm -hmm. prefer. But um, also, then in that interview, Mike White, like, is talking about how he identifies with Steve Zahn's character, and he sort of alludes to that moment as, like, see, there is no answer. And I'm like, okay, no, that's... Mm -hmm. uh, Clearly, I was reading that differently Differently, as being a lot more Mm self-aware than I think it was. So that's what's interesting, I think, too, about this kind of satire, is, like, you can also read more into it than is there sometimes. Mm.
0: Right, Yeah, that is very interesting Mm -hmm. because I thought that it was a bit more of a biting satire. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
1: same.
0: He was like, these are good points being raised. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) um, Okay. um, So can we talk about a bit of the performances? Mm -hmm. Because there's a lot of really good performances in this. And I think one of the big ones is everyone's talking about Jennifer Coolidge. Yeah. Yeah. Who is like on a different level, I feel. Yes. She's just doing so much.
2: Oh, uh, I feel like, and I th- I think I can say this, but this is this is a thought that occurred to me. I, I, it's not sitting perfect in my mind yet, but I think Jennifer Coolidge may be the female Nicolas Cage.
0: I think you're kind of right. Because, because even that we're calling her da- Jennifer Coolidge and not Tanya McQuad, which is <laughs> yeah. what her real name is, but it's just like this is what she's doing as Jennifer, mm-hmm. whether or not you know that's the character or not she's just like always a sort of drowsy and like uh silly and like spacey um like kind of sad Mm -hmm. woman but she's just like she's you can't stop watching her and there's a scene where um i heard that this was mostly improv where she's on a boat um, <laughs> Armand fixes up the newlyweds that he despises to go on a boat with her. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they think it's like a midnight, like candlelit supper, but they actually are there for Tanya to throw her mother's ashes into the ocean. And they witness her have an incredible, like, meltdown eulogy. Uh, <laughs> Natasha Rothwell is there to, like, hold her and, like, just sing her to, to sleep. It's like a wild. It's a really wild thing. Um, what'd you guys think about that scene?
1: I I thought it was a masterpiece. Like, just the just the like tension between the Shane character, who is like just the most loathable human on earth.
2: Probably the worst. You're like you not. want
1: bad things to happen to him, but also it's. Difficult to imagine something more awkward than being trapped on that boat with her <laughs> as she just gets increasingly more drunk and wails very loudly. <laughs> I, her character, yeah, I'm just obsessed. Like, the completely, like, uninhibited way she moves through the world, but then is kind of, like, embarrassed about it, but then continues to yeah. do unhinged things.
2: Uh, she her, char- her character does this really great thing where she always sort of confronts the awkward thing that she set up. Yeah. And there's this great moment on that boat where she sort of apologizes to the couple yeah. who's like off to the side and like they had to get moved to try and dump the ashes and all yeah. these great things. But, um, you know, like it's just like this crazy boldness and honesty as like these people who clearly just want to skip past this are forced to be in the moment and talk to her and say like you know it's fine like it's Mm -hmm. okay this whole this whole crazy thing um plus she just like can control herself in a way that i will never understand yeah when when she was getting that like i don't want to call it a massage i don't know yeah yeah but i thought it was so funny and she's like not even doing anything like she's just just just, like repeat there's like yeah
0: when um, she's just repeating after her masseuse, <laughs> these sort of like calming phrases. Yeah. And she's just like um, <laughs> bizarre. <laughs> she just says things in bizarre ways. And <laughs> yeah, she's incredible. She, she can really make is. a meal out of anything. Um, another performance I liked is the two, there's these two teen girls that are on mm-hmm. the the, with them. And they are like, I don't know they seem to be sort of our eyes and ears or like they're the ones that seem to be calling things out mm-hmm. but are also benefiting a lot from their position um and they just are both uncannily like monotone and I don't know distant yeah i those two did put in such a good work
1: yeah like just they're like running scathing commentary of everything that happens at every single person like they are the exact teenagers and young women who still scare me <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> so, <terrifying, sorry>. huh? <laughs> where you just like you know like there's that scene with alexandra daddario um the newlywed, where she, like, goes over to talk to them, and they're doing that thing where they're, like, they're oh, pretending what? to be nice, yeah. but actually being very clearly judgmental of her in everything they say and do yeah. to her face, and that just completely destabilizes her, and, like, yeah, they they played it perfectly. And all of the scenes, I think, between Connie Britton's character as this kind of, like, girl boss, like, Gen X mom, yeah. who, you know, is, like, you know, <laughs> a neoliberal who works for a social media company and you know is presumably extremely wealthy and powerful but has this like kind of girl boss capitalist feminism thing going on yeah Like, the scene where they're talking about Hillary Clinton. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And the daughter's like, don't worry, Mom. Everyone loves Hillary Clinton. (laughs) It just, yeah. I feel like they did really quite nail those parts.
0: And every time you cut to them, they're both reading, like, really intense,
1: (laughs) like,
2: yeah, like, tomes. (laughs) They're in college, man. They gotta read. But it's a
1: different one every day. Yeah.
2: They're getting through it all. I Um, I read
0: something that Mike White based that on when he was on Freaks and Geeks that James Franco would show up to set like okay. reading like a new like intense like philosophical book like ev- to just like performatively read on the side of and that's like an answer did. to that. Um, but and then also when you see Jake Lacey's character every time he's reading he's just reading blank yes. like, every time.
2: <laughs>
1: <I love it. laughs> um, yeah the book choices were on point. Um, another performance I also loved was Marie Bartlett yes. as Armand. He the tone, like, I feel like he kind of establishes the tone of the whole thing and his sort of just, like, increasing pressure and breakdown and, like, manic energy as things unravel is honestly masterful. Well, he
2: he kind of, like, has scenes where he becomes unhinged. Yeah. Like, he, like, goes through a transformation. Drugs and alcohol are involved. But, um... It is crazy because every once in a while I was like, is this too much? And then it wasn't. Mm. And, um, you know, he's kind of a horrible person with a lot of problems. Maybe, I don't know, maybe not as bad as the rest. I found myself ranking all of them a lot. Mm,
1: interesting. Like who's oh. worse
2: than who, mm. you know, because like is Paula better because of this? You know, like where mm. you know, who's on what moral yeah, here? Yeah, where, where's Paula at? Yeah. Yeah, Paula's
1: a complicated one. Yeah.
2: Um... He, yeah.
0: There was a, cause there was a part where he is caught doing something he not that he should not be doing yep. by his Network. by his friend and coworker, mm-hmm. um, and a and a member of the staff or a, and a guest, and they just never speak about it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that is also a conversation that I would like to have known about because it's like. She is the perfect person. She is someone that would definitely be like, what's going on with you? Mm -hmm. And we just, like, never hear about it. And that seemed amiss.
1: Which I guess is, like, sort of the tone of the show is, like, it's not quite magical realism. But there are these elements where, like, the realism kind of ebbs and flows. Like, it sort Mm -hmm. of creates this, like, almost dreamlike, illogical...
0: Yeah. World
1: mm-hmm. that the show lives in, even with the way it ends for the sun, like yeah. Him yeah staying and paddling to Fiji. Um, it's like that sort of isn't like that sort of isn't what could really happen. Like, like there are a lot of logistics specific, that wouldn't pan out. Like
0: yeah, like maybe that did happen, but then the parents would have called the hotel in like mm-hmm. a minute and yeah be like send him right back.
2: Yeah, he's use he he a minor, like right. Yeah. I think it but um, I did appreciate the like unrelenting force of the status quo, just mm. sort of like reaffirming itself yeah. again and again. So that I can't remember Armand's exact quote, but it was it really does sum up the show about like them being around but forgettable mm. and pleasant and like nothing more. Um, but uh, you know the sort of glimmer of hope of one person kind of having a change of perspective because of. Yeah. a few experiences that happened while you know is nice mm-hmm. but very unbelievable. <laughs>
1: yeah,
2: um, Armand also has another quote where he quotes,
0: um, the Alfred Lord Tennyson film, The Lotus mm-hmm. Eaters, which mm-hmm. is kind of oh, yeah, you know, what a reference to this, and it's about a ship of men who uh arrive on an island and eat the lotuses and become mesmerized by the land that they're on Mm -hmm. which is i feel like kind of what everyone did in this they're just like all kind of got high on the lotus a little bit and just like started you know thinking things outside of their normal life and then they just like all kind of went back on track as they were leaving Mm -hmm. um yeah like alexandra daddario going back to the she broke up with her Horrible, crappy horrible new husband. newly wedded yeah. husband, and then right back into it, mm-hmm.
1: which was Sad. which was just yeah yeah it was
2: it, it felt like I don't know it felt like a lot of work had been done and then undone, and I get that that again is sort of this mm-hmm. unrelenting force in it because you you do sort of like get to the point where you're really concerned oh god yeah there's a murder. <laughs> Right, it starts with a murder. Right. Ram. So, yeah, it, by the
1: way, the te-
2: the tease the very first
0: beginning is that there is a body. Mm-hmm. And we so we know that at the end of the
2: series there is a body. Yeah. And the whole time there is a sort of well, no. For the first two episodes there's a sense of dread cuz you're like, "Oh, mm. this is a murder mystery." Like that's the And then eventually you're kind of okay with it because you're like, "Oh, nothing's going to change." Mm. Like like all these Kind of crazy things have happened. Stuff should have been done. It hasn't, so yeah. it's not going to change.
0: Yeah, um, I guess in that way, I should have really foreseen that nothing would change for the guests. Yeah, that where whoever was dead would have been one of the help. Yeah, mm. but I actually did not spot who it was going to be. D- who did you guys think it
2: was going to be? Did you know? Did you have any ideas?
0: Mm-hmm. I honestly thought it was going to be
2: his wife mm-hmm. for a while.
1: Yeah,
2: did don't don't the people at the start say it's a woman or am i making that up
1: no i feel like it kind of like leads you to to believe that it would be her because he he says he's coming home without her and so it's this question, and then he's t- and then he's telling his like, other woman about the yeah, You're no body why. being on the plane. So I feel like it kind of, like, fuses those two ideas in your mind. It makes you think it might be her. But they
2: did not say it was a woman? I don't think so. Oh, I thought they did. And uh, the whole time I was like, we know it's a woman. Like, that was oh, my that's only. That's funny. <laughs> that's the only thing we have. Well, um, it's time we heard a
0: word from our sponsors. Uh, take a seat in the chaise and we'll be right back to, sp- uh, to Spoiler Alert on 91.3 FM. CJTR Regina Community Radio, tuned into the community, and we're back on ninety-one point three FM, CJTR Regina Community Radio. We'll be back talking more the White Lotus after we play a little game lovingly called the game. It's
2: game time, people! Whoa! <laughs> 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 oh yeah we have to talk about the soundtrack what? What a uh, banger. Yeah. for those who don't know or if you're just tuning in the game is where i spend literally one second this week looking for a <laughs> title related to our topic that these two have not seen they tell me what they think it's about no i tell them the title they tell me what they think it's about i tell them what it's really about and we all have a great time sean and sonya are you guys ready to play the game yeah yeah this week's title is of course the black lotus that title again mm. the black lotus the Black Lotus. The Black, Black Lotus. Lotus. Um, so I believe
0: that The Black Lotus is about a pirate ship that <gasps> um, two um, a vacationing honeymooners, they are on a little yacht and then they get boarded by the Black Lotus <gasps> and then they get taken as prisoners in the pirate ship. Oh but the pirates are... And then they, but then they become that they like the pirate life. Mm-hmm. The pirate life's for them. Yeah, and
2: then they join them. I uh, love it. Is Johnny Depp involved? No. Okay. Thank you. No, 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 no. Thank you. Mm. Sanj?
1: Okay. I think the Black Lotus is about three groups of rich white people who think they're going to an amazing, glamorous resort, but in fact, when they get there, <gasps> it was a trap. It was a ruse. It uh it is a bunch of Native Hawaiians who are like, listen, we are tired of colonizers coming to our island, especially during a pandemic, uh, when we're, our mm-hmm. hospitals are already overwhelmed, um, and we're tired of this, and they, um, you know, trap them and try and make them realize the error of their ways. Wow. And so they think it's going to be the white lotus, and it's, it's the black lotus. It's dark.
2: Dark. Wow. All right, you guys. <laughs> uh, I'm happy to report that you're both wrong in every way, shape, and form, but that might be because... I had to lie to you make this work. <gasps> what? Wow, it's not... I did, yeah. The actual title of the Black Lotus is Blade Runner Black Lotus. Oh. I'm to give it away. Um, it's not out yet. So in case you weren't aware, I searched for Black Lotus and found something to fit, <laughs> <laughs> to no, fit so the game. So we don't even know what it's about. Yeah. Uh, we... Uh, we have some idea of what it's about. Um, it takes place in 2032 after Blackout, which is another thing from Blade Runner that I probably should watch but haven't seen. Mm. Um, it sounds kind of cool. It's a Japanese-American anime television series uh, centered on a female replicant. And uh, what?
1: Yeah, what's a replicant?
2: Uh, you haven't seen Blade Runner, dude? No. Do, what do we? Do? We've Sorry. talked about this. I know, but it's been so long. Okay. I uh, assume a replicant is like a. Terminator, Terminator person. Yeah. It's, it's like a fake human.
1: Okay. Yeah. And they that don't have sense. rights.
2: Yeah, they can't. Run. Oh, cool. They're cool, not cool. free. Yeah. No, it's good. Um, rights for replicants. <laughs> that's that's Blade Runner, baby. Um, you guys, thank you for playing the game. Thank, thank you, you for your Jared. misleading <laughs> title. <laughs> I thought there'd be more. I really did. I thought there'd be like a bunch to choose from, and there's just a couple things all in development. Um, or if you're like me, for the first two weeks of the show, I kept thinking white orchid or like, oh, yeah. wh- that's, I could not that's nail what down I too, the yeah. white lotus. I had to ask Sean because mm-hmm. I couldn't find, I couldn't find the show. <laughs> and I smugly was, like was already figured it out. I was like on Crave. I'm like, what is happening? Anyway.
0: Um, well, let's get back to it. Mm-hmm. Do you guys think it was necessary to tease at the beginning that someone is going to die? Did it need all this?
2: Mm-hmm. I think it might've been hard to stick with if there wasn't some sort of mm-hmm. something like you know like, like the hint that one of these people is going something is going to happen to one of them you know um, I really thought it was going to be some random person that we didn't you know that mm-hmm. we didn't see at all like the like the man with the hack and cough yeah I did yeah.
1: wonder about him as well Uncle Rico
2: mm-hmm. um, Uncle Rico yeah it's from Napoleon Dynamite yeah that's oh. the same actor Yeah. Um, oh my
1: god it is yeah <laughs> Wow, mind blown Okay, yeah
2: um, I bet he could throw a football over those mountains It's been a long time since I
1: said it It has
2: been a very long time Um, But uh, I do do think there needed to be something Especially early on And like there are bits of plot that come up That are interesting that you want to see pan out Like the the theft, right? Mm -hmm. Like, oh, you know, I want to see how this um, I am Super disappointed because I thought there was going to be a scuba narrative. Like Me I thought, too. I thought there was going to be some sort of, you know, they find they really something built or, it up. Yeah, um, I, yeah, I thought someone was going to die mm-hmm.
0: underneath the water. Yeah, you know how you can get the bends. Mm. That yeah, that would be pretty hard to die from. I think in these days, but. No? no well you come up too
2: quick yeah you got the bands baby can't they pressurize you now i don't, I don't know, know. <laughs> i think, I so think that they put yeah listeners call things. in and let us know about the bends.
1: Um, um sorry are you done
2: yeah <laughs> that
1: was so rude. so you're done talking
2: about the bends? are you done jeremy yeah, I'm no, done. yeah i
1: was about to start talking and then you i should, was like yeah. wait don't cut off you're chair. being
2: courteous i understand but then also Carry i on.
1: said it in a rude way so um so i I agree, like I think it was sort of a necessary hook, and it did lend a lot of that tension to the show and kind of like kept you locked in i so- I almost wish I hadn't read this vulture interview with Mike White because in it he explicitly says that he made that choice because. Too many of the things he's made in the past haven't gotten enough eyes on them, and he's sad about that. And so, he needed a hook at the beginning to keep people interested. Hmm. I'm like, just don't tell people that. Yeah, yeah. you know, Man. that's fair enough, I guess, but like, I wonder what's going on. Yeah,
2: this this article really got <laughs> it,
1: did. I just, honestly. It got a, under my it. like,
2: I'm erasing things on my notes.
1: God. I'm so sorry, Mike White. I'm sure you're a nice guy, yeah. you know. but... If you're a rich white guy in Hollywood long enough, it's going to do things to your brain. <laughs> I think that's just the way.
2: Yeah.
0: That's the way. Mm-hmm. She was on Survivor, David versus Goliath.
1: Yes, he talks about that a lot. Right? <laughs> and he
0: was Goliath.
1: Yeah, he talks about, like, <laughs> realizing that you're the Goliath and, you know, people aren't going to cheer for you when you're the Goliath as, like, a metaphor for whiteness and... I don't know. It just left a bad taste in my mouth, you guys. Yeah, well, that's okay.
2: not a good attitude to have. It's not. Like, that's a... It's
1: that It's that white fragility and, like, victimhood of, like, that everyone's mad fragility. at me because of Mike White. Oh, well, exactly. Also, yeah. the fact his name is Mike White is yeah, quite funny.
2: It does, yeah.
1: But it just is, like, like, I don't know. It's that idea that you are somehow oppressed by people saying, hey, this has been unfair for too long, mm-hmm. and we want a share of having our voices heard and being like, no, but that means something will be taken away from me. And it's like, yes, it will.
2: I don't even think that's true, honestly. its I mean, I it hasn't think...
1: been so far. But, like, ultimately, if things are fair, yes, white nope. men will oh, be no. less represented. No, no.
2: Like, I'm – like, in – well, this is an aside now. Sorry, Sean. We're hijacking the show. <laughs> no. But, sorry. like – do this. Like – there, there's all these ideas and it always comes up about direction so that's where I'm going to take it but this idea that like well there's only so many films mm. and if we start giving other people direction jobs there's going to be less jobs and that's not how it works you yeah, just there's not more finite. yeah exactly yeah, there's just more there's just more art there's just more stuff so I don't really buy this like attitude at mm. all
1: that's fair <laughs> like, I mean in not... terms of like power like it's like yes you will have less power if yeah. things are fairer
2: or what are you going to have like one less yacht right like, what
1: exactly we, you know
0: anyway yeah he does he have a, like, he lives on
2: Hawaii.
1: Mm-hmm. Like, he has a house there, which <laughs> where, also is so meta anyway. in terms of white people <laughs> continuing we're, to invade Hawaii.
2: We're not picking on my white. Well, we are a little, but come on. You know. A
1: little, but he sort of deserves it. <laughs>
2: um, okay.
0: Let's get back to this. Yeah. Yeah, um. Michelle. What? There are, so the show is basically about the interactions between all of our finite characters, mm-hmm. um, some w- with, like, kind of explosive results what are your sort of uh I I guess I don't want to say what are your favorites but what were like the ones that you were unexpected that you enjoyed because I feel like there's a lot I kind of you know when some people are interacting you're like I know exactly how this is going to end like the Natasha Rothwell and Jennifer Coolidge like business Mm -hmm. money Mm -hmm. thing like from the moment they spoke about it you knew that it was never going to happen Yeah. yeah Uh, which was kind of disappointing And I wish that there was some That they had figured out a way for some, that to have been More of an interesting storyline Because it was like, yeah, from the get-go You knew what was going to happen with that mm-hmm. um, Yeah, was there anything Other parts of, the, of them The people interacting you liked
1: Well, the one, like, it's an obvious choice, but the Mm -hmm. one that stands out for me is when the two girls are on the beach having just taken ketamine in a full-on (laughs) K-hole, and Jennifer Coolidge comes over (laughs) to try and chat with them, and just the, like, distorted depiction of her being like... I and then she, she starts asking skin. them, yeah, oh, your skin, yeah.
2: <laughs> oh, my God,
1: and then starts, like, asking their advice about her throwing her mother's ashes in the ocean, and now she's worried she'll just wash back up on the beach, and they're both just, like, staring up at her. I don't know. That That's hard not to enjoy, to be honest.
2: Yeah, that one was good. Um, I really liked the interplay between, I can't remember the the poor white boy's name. Or the, oh, the Quinn. Quinn and Armand, as they sort of do this like, like Armand seems so in control, and, you know, like he's basically not giving him what he wants because he screwed up and he knows sort of how to deal with this guy. Oh, oh but, no, no, yeah, that guy. yeah, yeah. Quinn. Um, I forget what his name is, but yeah. the, the J- husband. Jake Lacy, whatever. Shane. Yeah. Shane. Yeah. 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 But ultimately, <laughs> it kind of gets resolved with him bringing his mom in. To solve his oh, problems, yeah. played by Molly Shannon. Yeah. yeah. She was great. And she was really great. Um, and uh, it was the sort sort of thing because he's the guy you're embarrassed by at the restaurant, even if you're not with him. You yeah. know, like, who wants things to be... I paid for this yeah. and all these things, and I want the pineapple sweet. And, like, the pineapple sweet was worse.
1: It wasn't as good. They I were, feel like I, that and was...
2: Every, everyone was trying to tell him that.
0: Yeah. Um, and, yeah... You, his new wife, was just sort of seeing this side of him, of mm-hmm. just like mm-hmm. a dog with a bone, with this p- sweet. And she was just like, "You are." And luckily, she had like a moment where she got to tell him, "Like, you are a baby, mm-hmm. and I hate you." <laughs> <And> <laughs> but
1: then I will the, stay with. But you I will actually stay with you. The idea of having to strike out on my own at this point, when I don't think I can do it, is too much. Which is so sad. It, it was, was very sad. sad. Yeah.
0: Yeah, the the thing between her and Molly Shannon, where she's just like, you're so beautiful. Mm -hmm. And like, basically, that's why you're here. Mm -hmm. And she's like, oh. Um, I also loved the interaction between her and Connie Britton, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. where, so... uh, (laughs)
2: That was a horrible job. (laughs) Rachel
0: is like a... She's like a, a journalist, but she has kind of, you know, she doesn't have great jobs she has like Mm -hmm. buzzfeed articles basically yeah and um she sees connie Britton, who is like a girl boss like uh person like tech mogul and she tries to sit down with her and she's like thought that she'd impress herself on her and get her advice and then connie realizes she wrote like a hack job article about her once
1: which is so funny too that she literally remembers her name yeah (laughs)
0: And it's important to her, right? Yeah. That's the. And Rachel just saw the interaction was going so well, and then it like went so badly. And Rachel just like sees it like explode in her eyes. And then every time it's like, oh, they're so horrible. Those feelings yeah. are horrible. She's yeah. like, oh, that <laughs> family's a. <laughs> 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 the mother and the daughter are a bee. <laughs> yeah.
2: And like, you're the one who did the bad job. Mm. But
1: she's right, and they're- they were also right. <laughs> they were all right that they were each horrible. they mm-hmm. um, horrible
2: in their I own I
1: also, I really, I wouldn't say enjoyed. I appreciated the interactions between Armand and Shane. Um, it did trigger me as someone. Customer service. Who was customer service, yes. Yeah. Like anyone who has. But just that way of like. You are behaving extremely politely to someone on the surface, but what you're saying is like, "I hate you. I wish you would absolutely die. Let me go take care of that for you right now." And he did convey that no yeah you,
0: his like insane pasted on like smile <laughs> of just like um anything else for anything else that I can do for you after like not doing anything for
2: him
1: yeah after um, actively sabotaging him.
2: yeah um. I will also say – I don't know how you guys felt about this. This is the the Steve Zahn line Mm. because I felt like he – I felt like he was two people. Like there should have been another character that was filling some of his Mm. roles, like another just Republican because he would like bounce in weird ways. But it doesn't matter. But um, I didn't care for his like ups and downs because I don't think they got big enough.
1: Mm. and
2: some of them were just so... Like, the thing with his dad, I thought was just such a strange direction to go, because it could have been anything. Like, it could have been, like, like, you know, his dad lied about any part of his life, and it could have just been that. But then Steve Zahn's reaction to that was really strange, and then that sort of, like pushed him into the fight with his wife where they didn't go scuba diving so they ran into the kid who was trying to rob them and then they were all happy after like you know like i get it like i see the line but i think it should have been like crazier or not at all maybe Mm. i don't know i just thought it was like you know it didn't need to be that it could have been this like with everything that happened after his balls
1: (laughs) i sort of (laughs) thought it worked like I sort of thought it showed the way he sort of, like, thought of himself as Mm -hmm. progressive, and then it gave, you know, another opportunity for sort of that point-of-view clash between, like, him and the mom Mm -hmm. and the daughter. Um,
2: But, like, he – like, because it's – there's scenes where they're all having mm -hmm. supper, and they're sort of talking about various political things or whatever, and – it's not consistent his view. Like, but I
1: think that's the point.
2: Maybe, I don't know.
1: I think so because he wants he's that he's that rich white person who thinks he's like libra- he's liberal. Mm-hmm. He's not progressive, he's liberal. So he like thinks he has these progressive ideas, but in fact he wants everything to remain status quo because he benefits from those maybe. systems. I think that was the contradiction cuz I thought that was actually quite accurate in terms of like, mm. you know, there are a lot of like celebrities and influencers who will be like yeah, obviously. Like, imperialism is bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but what are you going to do about it? Like, I don't know. I sort of thought that Lame. worked.
0: Um, and also, I felt awkward for Paula to be in the family. Because the family is not afraid to go off on yeah. each other. Mm-hmm. And then for to be, like, the friend that's invited along with. And then also is, like, definitely disagrees with the family in a lot of ways. Well, right. Is...
1: They're actively saying racist things at her. Mm-hmm. And yeah. She just has to sit there. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, or he's like, oh, I'm just like, what, do I, what am I going to do, Paula? Get my money back? And <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah, like I don't know, <laughs> when you're talking to me. Yeah. yeah. Um, what am I going to say? Do we need, it got approved for a season two. Mm-hmm. Do
2: we need a season two? I'm, I'm going to say yes, but uh-huh. under the stipulation... That it's just the next week at the hotel. So all the staff are the same, and then you get a new cast of...
1: Yeah, so that's sort of what it is. What it is is it's it's a different location of the White Lotus and new guests. Oh, cool. So it's like somewhere else in the world, some other rich white people presumably coming to Hmm. a resort is what I read.
2: Interesting. Mm.
1: And I sort of, yeah. So I, like, no, but it's better that way than if it were still focused on them. Um,
0: oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, definitely. I I don't know. I just kind of felt like it was a nice wrap-up. Like it could have been done. It could have just yeah. been a one and done. Yeah. But, it could have been. But I guess, I don't know.
1: Mike's got to pay for that house in Hawaii.
0: You knew. <laughs> and uh, you know when, like, something pops off so well in the first mm-hmm. season and they try to push it to the second? Yeah. Yeah like
2: pretty like what, well and i think i think lies. it always happens with oh, yeah. things and i could be wrong i don't know maybe he talked about it but i always find with stuff like this like it's they write the first season over 8 years like pulling bits and mm-hmm. thinking things and you know and then it's like oh in 8 months we're going again so you have to then produce something in a lot less mm-hmm. time with with you know maybe maybe more focus but not but the same kind of effort that's probably going to be very
0: similar, yeah, like pretty much the same. I would. Think. Well, yeah,
1: because it's like what else? Like, because I, I felt like he exhausted what he had to say before this season was even done. Like, I feel like it wasn't enough to fill up the whole season. In mm. some ways,
2: it's long. So, it's, a, yeah. it's an hour. Yeah, that's, yeah and that's okay. unusual. Like six literal hours of mm-hmm. of of watching. That'll um, be
1: interesting to see.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, did Ellen
0: enjoy herself?
2: Oh, I watched alone. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um can we talk about the crazy soundtrack for a moment though? Yeah. Oh yeah. Um which is just full of sex noises. <laughs> and is. breathing and they did such a good job like really altering the tones of some scenes that are very normal and then with this like jungle track? Like I don't even know what you call it. Yeah, that. like a um
0: sort of yeah. I know what you mean like (laughs) the hawaiian beats of like there's like woodwinds and yeah and drumming yeah that sometimes it would create a very like uh bizarre mood like when they would be having supper and each group would be having a very intense like the intensity would really rise Mm -hmm. um yeah i did enjoy the soundtrack yeah maybe it's kind of like you know lame that it was hawaiian and it was like that sort of music but you know no I think Uh,
1: think this is is my thing you guys it was my favorite part of the show it's been stuck in my head since I watched it but again reading about it Mm -hmm. and reading what he had to say made me annoyed about it what did you say because well so I think I think you're exactly right like it creates that tension really effectively Mm -hmm. it's so engaging it's actually a Chilean Canadian um, composer Named Cristobal Tapia de Veer, mm-hmm. which is a great name. Oh. But then Mike White had to say, "Oh no, I just closed my notes. <gasps> wait for it. Wait for oh, it. What do wait you have
2: mean, to say? Fill the time, Sean. Fill music, the
1: time." Music. He said he wanted music that makes you feel like there's gonna be some kind of human sacrifice at some point. Oh. The goal was a feeling of tropical anxiety. Call me crazy, but there's just a little tinge of. A little something isn't right there isn't there like this idea of human sacrifice associated with like savagery that's associated with like indigeneity I'm sure listeners are going to be like listen this girl reads too far into everything and that's fair
2: mm-hmm.
1: but it that's in there a little bit like it's a little bit of that like yeah jungle danger hmm.
2: mm-hmm. Ooh, jungle danger <laughs> that's like
1: mm-hmm. there's something racial in there anyway
2: maybe I don't know but
1: it's, it slaps and I can't deny that like that's the thing it's like at the end of the day it's compelling and if listeners
0: need treatment for tropical anxiety you can (laughs) go to your doctor ask about
2: this just turns into an ad
0: yeah (sighs) um well that was uh that was that Mm -hmm. and I don't know I enjoyed it it was obviously caused all this commotion Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and thank you for watching all of this season this week Jeremy Yeah,
2: yeah sorry Jeremy no it was good I enjoyed it I like um yeah I, I I have not binged in a while like it's mm-hmm. just not come up so I did sort of enjoy the act of just being like you know yeah. let's keep early you gotta finish before midnight you know like that sort of thing um, but uh, you know I did get sort of
1: how
2: do we, how do you say white it out like yeah. out. <laughs> yeah. yeah but it was still very good. Um, what
0: else did you guys watch this week? Let's move into what you're watching.
1: Yeah. So I watched a movie I've been meaning to watch for literally two years now mm-hmm. um, from 2019 called Blood Quantum uh, oh, by God. Jeff Barnaby, which is an indigenous zombie movie. Oh, cool. Wherein there is basically a zombie outbreak, but the um, Mi'kmaq people who are the, the focus of the film are immune to the zombie bites. So like they, they don't become zombies when they're bitten. hmm And it's really... I thought it was really, really good. Um, It's kind of a complex metaphor for uh, colonialism, um, but also sort of this, you know, this idea of, like, you know, indigenous folks having to make these choices about, you know, trying to help, like, white survivors who show up Mm -hmm. to their, like, little settlement that they have, and it becomes very divisive, sort of within their ranks, um... Yeah. It, it, I thought it was really, really well done. It made me think about a lot of things. Um, it was so gory and disgusting. So if you're the kind of person who likes zombie movies for that reason, then I think you will enjoy this. I had to cover my eyes a lot of times.
2: Is it in English?
1: It is. There oh, okay. are portions where they speak the Mi'kmaq language, but um Yeah.
2: Cool. It's I tell you, cool. Nice. Scary. It
1: is. It was. It was scary. And then I read a review today that was like it wasn't scary at all. And I was like, listen, buddy, speak just for yourself. You
2: watched too much Rob Zombie films. <laughs>
1: yes. So.
2: Do you know
0: that Rob Zombie is doing the monsters? What? Yeah, <laughs> I did know that. Yeah, that kind of works.
1: But Maybe. it's like,
0: is it going to be
2: scary or
1: is it going to be funny? I think it might screwed up.
0: What are you going to do? Okay, you're yeah, scared. Okay, TBD.
2: I'm not a big bro. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of his films. They're oh, not great. A f- a Mr. Zombie. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anyone has ever said that about him in his <laughs> <life. laughs> um, So I'm doing this thing, and I'm not sure why, and I kind of hate it, but I'm still going to do it just because they're really long. But uh, I, I keep watching these movies that are basically starring Leo DiCaprio, hmm. and I, right now I'm watching The Aviator. Oh. And I kind of enjoy it, and I kind of don't. And it is this sort of like insert as many Hollywood celebrities from mm. the past as you can um, Leo's doing an okay job it is sort of a caricature I think like there's no, you know, I'm, I'm interested in the man and all this kind of stuff he is sort of like a, Howard Hughes sort of just like a one one or two note sort of deaf guy mm. who's afraid of germs <laughs> like <laughs> you know, calling like, him that yeah, like you know, <laughs> like, like he's flown a little bit but not enough to be called an aviator at this point anyway um, yeah, it's like a three hour movie and I don't know why I keep watching. There was that other one they did with uh, J. Edgar Hoover. sort of the same. Mm. I think everyone just, like, went out of one building walked into the J. Edgar building right after. But, um, yeah, I don't know why I'm watching these. I may be kind of enjoying myself. And uh, I'll report back.
1: All right. So had you not seen it before?
2: No. Mm. Deaf guy afraid of germs. Yeah. <laughs> that's maybe, that, <laughs> maybe that's why I'm watching them. i just like, I'm over 30 now. I can watch these mm. biopics, but... You're yeah. not there yet. <laughs> push push it mean, off. you
1: don't need to be.
2: Push it off till 40. No? It's, well, we'll see what happens.
0: Um, I started watching a Netflix series called The Chair last night. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And it is about uh, an English department at a sort of Ivy oh, League, right. like a yeah. lower Ivy League school, um, where they have very low enrollment. Um, Sandra O oh is the chair of the English department. And she is sort of tasked with making them more popular and getting more enrollment up. Um, and one of, sh- one of her tasks is getting rid of the top three highest paid, um, professors who have oh, bo- all have the lowest amount of enrollment, which is mm-hmm. like Holland Taylor and Bob Balaban. Mm-hmm. And, Ooh. um, and then there's a, there's like a rock star, like English professor who's like, her classes are packed and she's trying to make her happen while getting rid of these older folk. And then the- there's another professor who is like going viral because he uh did a Nazi salute but oh, it was like taken cool. out of context. And so she's like kind of dealing with all of these um things as the chair of the English department and it's pretty fun and tweety and Sandra O oh is great. I've nice. just been enjoying it.
1: You yeah. said so many words that made me want to watch the show.
0: Yeah, totally. Yeah, you would it. love
2: Save the English Department.
1: Yes, uh, but also Netflix. Why do you hide things?
2: It's, uh, it's. We're getting in the world of the internet where it really funnels you into. Mm. Um, we have, have we discussed how ne- we all have different Netflix? Yes, <laughs> yeah, I, okay.
1: I think we did literally last week. Yeah. but it stands.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, I would like to bring up a funny point of the mm-hmm. show, if I'm, if I may. Uh, wife of the show. And I uh, have established – it's sort of an unspoken rule. This is the first time that I'm speaking it. Oh, gosh. But uh, essentially it is about the pedigree of our co-host here, Sonia. And uh, from the Barb and Star recommendation and a few oh. others, uh, if Sean recommends it, we have to watch it. Yeah. Really? So that's what's Sean happening. Sean
1: knows. Yeah.
2: So, uh, Shani's picks. You know, Sean's picks. Coming, okay. Coming near you. Um, but, this is good uh, to hear. Yeah. So. Um well I don't I w- maybe
0: I haven't finished the season so mm-hmm. we'll see how it goes. Oh, I hope wait.
1: you're right. I know. I don't want to
2: <laughs> drop the ball mm-hmm. now that I've yeah come no pressure. so far. Yeah, and Sonia, unfortunately I will not watch the reality TV so Oh, that's yeah, fine. That's...
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't recommend it. <laughs> that is a non-endorsement. <laughs> don't be like me children. It will rot your brain. Um,
0: um, avoid. Avoid.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Have you guys heard of reservation dogs? Yeah. I saw I saw some stuff. I'm interested. I'm also interested.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, <laughs> I don't even really know that much about it. Nope. But it just looks – the. it's like four just young indigenous kids on a reservation. And uh, who – like is Taika involved or I have something no idea. Like yeah, I think so, yeah. That's kind of how it came out of my hmm. radar. But yeah. Um, anyway, I just like – I read the description. Obviously, I can't succinctly say it right now. And then I was like, I'm in. Where am I? Where is it? <laughs> where am I? Where am I Where am it? It. Um, it? indeed. <laughs> anyway, I'd like to thank Saskatoon's the Garys for letting us use their song Manitouna for our theme song. Thanks to everyone at CJTR and all of you us uh, all of you for lending us your ears. The show's broadcast Wednesdays at 6, Thursdays at noon, and is available as a podcast on the CJHR Spotify. <laughs> wow, <laughs> CJTR's Ooh. website, Spotify, and Apple Play. Not doing this live is tough, you guys. Yeah. You can do it. We're on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, so give us a follow. And have a good night. Bye. See you. Bye.